Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hudson Family has four kids and two options for a new home. Number one checks a lot of boxes. It's big, close to work. Private tennis court. Number two was kind of cramped, and that old barn was clearly haunted. But it has one gig internet with AT&T Fiber, so plenty of bandwidth and unlimited data for us to stream 4K movies while Billy games. Tina video chats, and Andrew and Maddie can do homework. HBO Max. Good point, Ghost. AT&T Fiber comes with HBO Max included. Looks like the Hudsons are bypassing the commuter's paradise to go with one gig internet with AT&T Fiber. And a fun new guest. Get super fast entertainment grade internet with AT&T Fiber. Now with the limited data included. Find out how to get one gig internet for $49.99 a month for a year. Limited availability in select areas. Call 1-877-ONLY-ATT. Download max typically 940 megabits per second. Speeds not guaranteed. Vary. $10 per month equipment fee applies. Compatible device and online account registration required for HBO Max access. New residential AT&T Fiber customers only. Other charges and restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash att Fiber for details. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. everyone welcome back to another exciting edition of the undead walking podcast i'm your host sarah beth pollock and i'm here with my amazing co-host adam carlson and we're going to be talking to you today about all of the wonderful things that came out of comic-con adam it was a big weekend wasn't it yeah for some reason they let me come back for a second show i don't know (laughs) what they were thinking they might have made a big mistake but here i am to talk about the walking dead (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that you're. I'm so glad that you're here because uh, it's. It was a lot to take in. I mean, it, I, I think um, our listeners might be interested to to know like the the mad dash that we were going through with those three hours and getting all of that information. And I, I personally, I had uh, I had two laptops open so that I could communicate <laughs> with Adam on one and do social media and then write furiously from my other one and post articles and I kept it you know, <laughs> throughout I kept saying Adam this is gonna you know this is happening you know do you have that and, and you know Adam is is amazing and he was picking up you know he'd pick up things while I was working on other things like that was a crazy crazy three hours I enjoyed putting it up on the big screen on the tv and just looking at the, the work and just getting it done uh, I thankfully didn't have to deal with a lot of social media at that time so I was happy to just put in the work and when some of those announcements came through it was a bit of a shock i'd say the the biggest announcement of all those was the extra six episodes in the walking dead season 10 which i haven't quite figured out logistically in my head how that's going to work i'm glad that we're getting that season 10 finale here soon well Mm -hmm. sort of finale kind of finale i don't know (laughs) but we're going to get those six extra episodes to try to make the time without the walking dead coming up feel a little bit easier but i'm still a little skeptical about how all this is gonna work yeah i mean first of all like what do we call those six episodes is it 
10.2? Is it 10C? Is it, I mean, it, 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 I don't even know what, what they are because are they before, are they after the finale? Like, are they a little bit of both? Like, is it new footage entirely? Like there's, there's a lot of questions up in the air right now. And, and I've heard a lot of speculation to both direction that it could be, it could be new footage. It could be recycled footage. I don't know. It could be episodes of just one or two people exploring what's going on. Uh, I've seen Kristen Acuna say that the, those episodes will have no impact on season 11, which I don't know if she means that in scope of the release date of season 11 or the plot of season 11, because if these are sort of standalone bottle episodes, that in itself might be a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, there's certainly the possibility that they could film um, – outside of Georgia and, and go directly to where the people are, where the actors are and do some kind of individual character work. I think that could be interesting. Um, yeah. Cause you have clusters of, of actors in different areas. Um, yeah. There's the LA contingency and there's the um, there's, there's different groups in different, different spots. So, um, so yeah, it, it could be interesting. It, it, it's, I think, I, I think what I'm the most curious about is, how set in stone are these things because we don't know what's going to be happening. Like it's too hard to predict what's going to happen in the next few months, whether they'll be able to film or not. So do they have a plan for this? Is that why they were, they were confident in announcing it? Um, yeah, it, it should be really interesting. Cause like, I think one of the things in now I'm a little gun shy when it comes to announcements because there was a certain, teaser that came out back in April that said a certain show was going to be starting this summer and it's not now. Right. So, you know, do we, have they built in some wiggle room on these six episodes so that they may, they may not happen or they, they, they're not committed to a date. I don't know. Now, one of the announcements I was expecting at Comic-Con at home didn't come. And oh, that sorry. was a little bit, of a downer for me. I was expecting an announcement for more Friday Night in at the Morgans. That would have been good. That would have been good. But I, I mean, we did get bottomless brunch with Coleman, which yes. is nice. Maybe, maybe the Morgans needed a little bit of time. I mean, this is back to school time. So they may have said like, Hey, we need to figure that out first before we commit to more television shows from home. But um, yeah, I, I hope they come back. Cause that is such a great show. I mean, that has just evolved into something really special. Yeah, that was the one, one of the announcements I was expecting. But uh, like I said, that one didn't come. But we did get some pretty cool announcements. We did get some pretty cool trailers. Uh, we did get some sneak peeks. Uh, all in all, for not being a San Diego-based Comic-Con in the big hall, I, I really had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, I, I love that everybody got to join in, and I think that was really that was really fun. It was it was a rare moment when everybody was able to access the same, the same information. You didn't have to have cable. You didn't have to have AMC. Like you didn't have to have anything. You just get to the internet and you could watch. So that was really that was a really neat unifying thing. And I think the the Walking Dead, um, the Walking Dead Universe family hangout was also kind of a neat opportunity for that too. Uh, to get everybody together and you know it's free and it's just it's there and I think that I'd, I'd love to see more of that honestly I think that would be a really cool um, a really cool thing to see 
the feel of the panels was a lot different. It it's strange not to have the roar of the crowd and mm-hmm. you know the actors and Chris Hardwick playing to everybody uh, to get those cheers, get that excitement going up, seeing the lights drop when the trailer was about to air. None of that we got were things we got to see. But on the other hand, there was a nice clean crispness of the Comic-Con at home stream that allowed this, the conversation to just keep flowing and go different directions without having all those interruptions. And I think that because of that, we got a lot more content and a lot more time with the actors that we really like without being, <laughs> I don't want to say annoyed, but without being disrupted by roars of the crowd or gimmicks in the hall or whatever. So uh, personally, I, I saw it as a charming way to, to handle this year's Comic-Con. Uh, I do think that things wouldn't, when they do calm down, we'll go back to being in that hall. We'll get that crowd. We'll get the roar of the fans. We'll get all that again. Uh, but for now, I'm definitely not mad at the way they handled things. Yeah, I agree completely. And and I'd actually like to see kind of a hybrid model because I think that there's some value to being able to have events like this where everybody can see what's going on um, because they don't really stream the Hall H panels live uh, for people to see. Um yeah, so maybe there's a way to, to do that in the future to embrace both both formats. And uh, I think I, I don't think anyone's going to complain about getting more Walking Dead content right now. I think everybody's going to be really excited to get you know whatever they can get at this point. So, so the Walking Dead season ten finale, they opted away from a trailer instead. <clears throat> pardon me. Instead, they went for the opening minutes mm-hmm. of the episode, which. I think set a pretty nice tone for what's coming. It didn't reveal anything spectacular or mm-hmm. confusing, but it did give uh, give fans a look at what they knew was coming. And that in itself, I think, was enough to maybe get people hungry that haven't been hungry for the season 10 finale in a while. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, it was, we knew we weren't going to get any, like we, we knew there wasn't going to be much, new footage anyway because obviously there's there hasn't been any filming happening and so they can only tease so much from that episode so i think they did a good job balancing you know giving some extra stuff and and you know people were talking about that big herd of uh you know betas that was a lot of walkers yeah that was a lot of walkers and um in a way it was it was it was kind of a bittersweet moment for me because i was thinking about the impact of of how filming is going to work in the future and you know how many walkers we'll be able to have in scenes moving forward so i think there's gonna be a lot more digital um you know until it's safe to get more people right makeup chairs so it's kind of like wow i'm glad that we have this moment because this it may be a while before we see this again you know except for you know like obviously in world beyond and fear um when those when those air but we won't see a lot of a lot of walkers from the walking dead for a while so that'll be interesting yeah, jumping over to that, the World Beyond trailer was something that really caught my eye. That's a show that I didn't know if I'd be too into. At first, I looked at it and I thought, oh, this is like the vampire diaries of zombies. And the more I see the story they're trying to set up, um, the more I see that the cast members that they've brought in and some of the storylines they're trying to develop, the more I'm in. And I'm, I'm actually really excited to see where this story is going to go even though it's only for a limited time for the two seasons i i'm in i'm I'm ready to watch it 
You know, I, I, I absolutely agree. And, and I, I've said from the start that I was actually really disappointed and kind of put off by the first trailer because I was afraid it was going to be like, you know, the CW, you know, like Riverdale of the apocalypse type thing, <laughs> like where it was, you know, a very distinctly different group. And, and even um, during one of the panels, Nico Tortorella had said that he's the oldest up until a point when Julia Ormond was cast and, and uh, Joe Holt. Um, he had been like, generally speaking on set, he's the oldest member of the cast and he's like 30. So that tells you something. Um, yeah, but I love the way they handled themselves. Oh yeah. 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 They're they're. I mean, I, I, I can say I've met many of them when I was on that set visit and I'm, I think the, the point that I want to, I, I really want to make is that I wasn't sold with that first trailer, but the second trailer and the experience I had going there are you talking about last... that color splash trailer? Is that the one you're talking about for the first oh, one? Well, the one that it was where it, you know, it had the music and it had the, like, it was very like, I don't know, I guess it was the color splash one. Yeah. And it was, but it was very like, it was very CW. And it just wasn't, it wasn't jumping out to me as something that I'd want to watch because it, the demographic just seemed kind of off. But I will tell you this, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a spoiler to say this. I, I was absolutely blown away by how dark the show is. And I cannot wait for people to see it because it is the pilot. Holy crap. It is dark. There is nothing about this world. Like don't, don't think for a minute that they're not going to, they're pulling punches with this world. It is, it is dark. It might be darker than the other shows. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen later in the season, but it's, it's dark. And, and I think now fear of the walking dead's talking dark as well. And uh, they've, promised some darkness in the past and they've promised some other things that I, I don't think they've quite delivered on uh, the trailer this year for fear of the walking dead season six doesn't quite have me as psyched as the other two videos I saw at the convention. But uh, like I said, I am, I'm, I'm this far invested in fear of the walking dead. I, I didn't care for the direction they took after season three, but I do want to see where this story is going because they're building something and I don't know what it is. And I've already seen two seasons of them trying to set up whatever they're setting up. So whatever they're going to do, it's got to happen soon. Otherwise I, I just don't know how much longer I can keep really interested despite a great cast. I love a lot of the people they have on the show. I love a lot of the characters, but right now it just kind of seems to be spinning its tires in the mud and, I, I want to see it get out and I want to see it do its best. But uh, right now I'm, I'm still a little skeptical that I haven't, they haven't earned my trust yet. Oh, and I think that's absolutely fair. And um, you know, I've, I, I have definitely enjoyed what they've done. Is it perfect? No. Is it probably longer than it needed to be? Absolutely. I think, I, I think I look at it as they needed to, they needed to reestablish what they wanted to do to be able to tell the story where they are now. Um, and what I mean by that is I see a definite break in kind of the, the mindset for the show, because if you go back and look at the panels from comic cons of the past, like especially seasons one through three, you definitely heard them talking about like, there will never, ever, ever be crossovers with the walking yep. dead. And then all of a sudden they said, Hey, guess what? We're going to do a crossover. So something had to change in that story to make it work. And so obviously that's, that's where they brought in the new showrunners, and that's where they brought in 
um, you know, the, the tone shifted considerably. But if you look at the way that Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead worked with seasons one and two, like I was, I, I enjoyed those seasons and, and I had like specific reasons why I enjoyed them. But it always bugged me because I felt like they were out of place compared to season three. But everything that they did in seasons one and two were necessary to get to season three. Like you yeah, the first half of season two was, was kind of that kind of filler. It, it's not that it was bad filler, and it did take some time to work on the characters, but it didn't quite feel essential to the story. Yeah. And it, I, I still miss the idea of a family drama because with the Grimes leaving The Walking Dead and now, you know, the family on Fear the Walking Dead not even really existing anymore. Uh, there's that, that feeling is gone. And that's hard to recreate with a group of strangers that kind of band together. And I don't know, maybe it's just that I spent so much time getting invested in, in characters like Travis and Nick that now seeing the show go on without them is, is just so hard. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's different and it's hard to adjust to. And like I said, I'm, I don't know what would happen in the last two seasons. It all felt odd to me. But I, I, I've invested so much so far, I'm, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the, you're absolutely right. This season season six has to has to prove that the journey has been worthwhile and i I, from what i know i feel like it's going to um you know the 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 showrunners have always been very open about the fact that the, the the show has two stories one in the first half and one in the second half it's going to be a little different this time around because you have these anthology episodes and we actually had a, uh, we had a, someone on Twitter asked us to talk about these anthology episodes. Um, you know, the idea of following these character-driven stories. I think one of the things that you lose with, and this, this I actually have to say is a critique I have of kind of the Walking Dead universe in general, television shows in general. Like I, I, it's something that bugs me is when you have a big ensemble cast and you never see anybody because there's so many people that you can't really fit them all in organically. You know, like I, I would love like Luke. We didn't see Luke very much in season 10. So, you know, of the walking dead, like he'd pop up every now and then. You still see but, the where's Eduardo hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. And so there, not only are there people that have been forgotten like Eduardo, but there's, there are people who are actually on the show that just don't fit in. I mean, I would love to have more Aaron moments. I'd love to have more yeah. Yumiko. I'd love to have, you know, like, there are so many people. And it's so hard because the bigger the cast gets, the harder it is to have all of those moments. Now, with The Walking Dead, they have a really great way of solving that problem. And that usually involves killing a bunch of people, like right. we saw in season nine want to get rid of people you need to, to narrow down the cast you just kill them it's okay that's what <laughs> they do um so i'm intrigued by the idea of these anthology episodes because i feel like instead of going week to week having to remember the story like oh this is what strand and alicia and and whoever they might be with that's what they were doing and then you know two weeks later you come back to them 
now their story gets to play out and you get to see it play out kind of in real time almost or I don't know how the time jump's going to factor into this but you know what I mean like you get to you get to see the you don't have to worry about what's going on in the rest of the world because you're going to stay focused on one story and then you're going to jump to another story and then you're going to have another story. And so those characters get to have their full arc within one or two episodes. I don't know how they're going to do it or if they're going to be longer episodes. I have no idea, but so I'm intrigued by it. I think that that will allow the actors to tell a really good story. And I think it'll allow the story to be able to tell the story that needs to be told instead of trying to spread it out over eight episodes where you have to keep track of things. Because in all fairness, that's what a lot of people struggled with back in season seven and eight of The Walking Dead. There were just these hanging storylines that nobody, you know, like, they never even came back to some of them. Where you're just like, oh, hey, remember when this happened? And what was that all about? Like, what was that even for? You know, so, so I'm intrigued by it. What do you think? The problem really arises when it's an episode that doesn't feature fan favorites. The most negatively reviewed episode of The Walking Dead on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes is, of course, the episode where Tara goes to Oceanside. And yeah, it didn't feature so many of our, of the favorite characters on The Walking Dead. And yeah, it, but it was important in setting up Oceanside being a group where they could get weapons and get allies in the future. Uh, so it's not that it was a disposable episode. It's just that it didn't have their favorites. Right. Now, this is going to be a major problem with Fear the Walking Dead because Fear the Walking Dead has characters that uh, aren't as well-liked as others. Uh, there's no way to dance around it. Alicia Dedham Carey is by far the most popular actress on that show. She Absolutely. has the biggest draw of any of them. We notice that when we write an article about Alicia Debnam Carey that it gets a lot of love and uh, a lot of followers of hers just go absolutely nuts for it, whether it's positive or negative. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, in that, that, there are inherent risks with this, I think. But I also see this as an ex maybe an experiment because there's also because of that episode with Tara that you know it, not only there, there's there's that risk there's the Tara risk we'll call it but then there's also the risk of, of leaving things hanging for too long so that also becomes a problem when people are like but what happened you know like that happened three episodes ago and we still don't know what happened because you know there there have been episodes of, of both shows fairly um, where you don't see characters for, for a long period of time. Yeah. And you wonder what the heck happened. Why, why was it? I mean, some of the ones that stand out, I mean, look at, look at Ophelia in Fear the Walking Dead. Like she just kind of up and left. She was yeah. just gone. You know, we kind of know why she was gone, but it was this weird, like it, it kind of cast this weird shadow over the show because we didn't like, nobody knew why she wasn't there and it didn't really fit organically. It was just this plot hole. You know, to the point where they joked about it themselves, you know, and had the where's Ophelia hashtag and Mercedes Mason, Mason was so, um, you know, she was even involved in it because it just became kind of a joke after a while. Like, you know, like we know there's a, but we don't know what the plan is. Now, these episodes can be really well done. We saw that when uh, the prison fell mm -hmm. down on The Walking Dead and we got those great episodes 
that came from everybody trying to group back together the adventures that they took. Um, I, as a lot of the readers that follow me know, uh, that I'm not a big fan of that episode with uh, Daryl and Beth. <laughs> but that episode gets a lot of love, and a lot of people really love that. And we got to see a lot of the cool stuff with Carl and Rick. And we saw so many of, of those standalone episodes. Well, I guess we can call them anthology episodes. Is that we, we call them bottle episodes. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of those episodes were really well done because they all stemmed from a similar place and they all had a similar ending, but we're just seeing the journey as to how they got there. Now, right. uh, people that follow me on social media also know that I just got done probably three weeks ago watching Lost for the first time. <laughs> how was that? Uh, that show did a very similar thing. Uh, they would focus on a group, small groups of the survivors mm -hmm. that were from that island, and you wouldn't see the other characters. Yeah. And that worked. So we know that these episodes conceptually can work, mm -hmm. but we've also seen them fall flat on their face. Right. And so this is a quite a risk. It's, it's absolutely true. And the thing that, that it's funny you mentioned Lost because I was one of those people that started out just loving Lost. And then I drifted for probably three or four seasons and then came back and watched the finale. And then I was like, oh, really? Like, I'm glad I didn't spend my time. Like, I, I, I fully admit that I was in love with it in the beginning. And then I, I just got so lost. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> um, and I think that fatigue is something that the Fear of the Walking Dead fans legitimately have is that they, you know, they're, they're the people that, that don't understand why there was such a big change between one and three, one through three. And, and it was such a on. jolting change. That was the problem is that there wasn't that nice subtle rollover. Right. But then, but see, that's also reflective of this completely new direction and not necessarily from the showrunners. I'm really intrigued. I would absolutely love an opportunity to find out what the direction they had, like what direction they were given, because you don't come on to a show. I mean, showrunners come and go all the time. Right. So you don't come onto a show and just say, we're going to dramatically change everything. But given that they built in Morgan's arrival from the walking dead and I mean, that was filmed between the two episodes, basically, because it closed one episode and started it, you know, launched right. fear directly after. I have to wonder, you know, in, in people who follow me on social media know that I'm, I'm, I like to stand up for the show because I want to think, I want to believe that something really interesting is going to come out of all of this. And I'm intrigued to know what it is. And I've gone down the rabbit hole and I'm still invested in it because there were moments that, it, you know, there, there are moments that, that probably could be taken out. And there's also amazing, I mean, the, the episode with um, John and June, like that was a beautiful episode in the yeah. middle of, of the show. Alicia and Charlie, like, oh my God, that episode haunts me, um, you know, being trapped in that house and the, the rising water and, you know, and, and, but then, you know, one of my favorite episodes is, is the Spanish episode or Spanish language episode with, from season three. Like there are so many great moments, but I, you know, I think, I think even if you look at the numbers behind Fear the Walking Dead from the beginning, they were always 
you know, the season one was the lowest and then it kind of started building and building. And then by season three, it was doing really well. But if you looked at the numbers before that, it really hadn't gained the foothold that, you know, the walking dead had gained at that point. And so they were still struggling for an identity. So something, I want to know what that conversation was. And I feel like that conversation would unlock so much because you don't just come up with an idea to change so much without being told like, Hey, you need to do something. And that's why we are where we are. But I also think that there's something, I think the pay, I, I truly believe that the payoff is going to be big in season six. And I'm, I'm excited for it because if it's what I think it is, it could be really cool, but I don't know if it is yet. <laughs> You're Let's excited. See. I'm skeptical, <laughs> but both of us will be watching. So it'll be interesting slash fun to see how, Absolutely. what comes out of all this. Absolutely. So I know one of the other things that, uh, that you were excited about, because I am, I am not- The as, Robert Kirkman uh, panel, right? Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, that was so <laughs> much fun. I oh. loved watching him just do his thing, be his quirky, funny self, and just troll everyone at the same time. <laughs> There's just something about that man that's so charming. Yeah. That it's hard- not to enjoy watching him talk. Do you think that this, because this is something that I was really intrigued by. Do you think that this, because this is kind of like the first real foray into the post AMC landscape for him. Do you think he, that's why he's having so much fun with it? Like, I mean, obviously he has that deal with Amazon and right. all of these walking dead people are, are going with him to, to do this which doesn't say they can't be on the show. Obviously, right. it's not like a division thing. But for him, like this marks a, a move where he gets to be 100% in control of everything. And so it's kind of like the beginning of a new era. Well, what was fun was if you followed his career, uh, how miserable he was at Marvel and how he was yeah. able to take that, spin that into a position at Image where he was basically granted creative control over his own product and was allowed to create what he wanted to. And it's so fun to see him having fun with his own creations, being able to do what he wants with them. Uh, personally, I don't subscribe to Amazon. I may have to when some of his uh, projects come out because I, I will want to see them. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that creativity is allowed to blossom in so many places because of some decisions if he had stayed at marvel we'd never have gotten to see any of this the walking right. dead would never have been published that's true that's true that butterfly effect that uh scott gimple talked about yeah that's all one it decision. took yeah one decision changed the whole thing but yeah, if, if you listen to some of his other interviews and listen to him talk about his time at Marvel, it's a surprise he lasted there as long as he did. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's kind of a, a really cool testament to like where we are right now, where all of these creators are given these, these deals with studios where they can go in and just do what they do best and not have to, you know, they don't have to worry about like, he's not going to have to worry about language or Right. violence or any of those things because you can do whatever you want and there are a lot of times i've wondered what the walking dead would be like if a if uh hbo hadn't passed on it yeah that's i mean that that's a fascinating we should talk about that in a future podcast because that like those kinds of things that changes everything 
Because <laughs> like, we I know mean, Kirkman likes some colorful language. We know he likes pushing boundaries as far as uh, major points in, in plot and stories. And, oh, man, it could have been really dark. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it really could have been, I mean, you look at Negan and you look at, at you know, the the creative ways that they could have explored those stories. You think of what they did and what they were able to do under with AMC, how much more they could have done. And it just opens up this world of possibility. So it's it, just the fact that he gets to do that over there is so exciting in itself. Now, I'd love to see him be able to go on Amazon and do something cool with Oblivion Song or Die, Die, Die. And uh, people that I talk to it know that I absolutely adored Outcast. That's a good one. Uh, but of course, the big thing right now is Invincible. Mm -hmm. And man, oh man, did he have an announcement about that. Run down that list of people that joined the show. We already had uh, Stephen Young, we had uh, Kari Payton, and now we've got a bunch more. Well, but that was, I mean, let's, you have to back up a little bit. That's already in addition to who he had before. I mean, Mark Hamill, Lena Headley from, uh, or Hedy from, uh, yeah, they're not on the walking dead. No, I know that, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> it's becoming like, it literally is becoming like a who's who, like who is those Star Wars people too, this? right? Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Zachary Quinto. Uh, no, is that who Zachary, it is? no Zachary Quinto's in, in, uh, uh, Nosferatu, but he might, he might be on this, but He's not a Star Wars guy. Mark Hamill is a Star Wars Star guy, Trek, not, not oh, Wars. He, One of those reboot know. people. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've, there's so many people. But the, so our official list, um, the six actors who joined are Lauren Cohan, Chad Coleman, Michael Cudlitz, Sonequa Martin-Green, Ross Marquand, and Lenny James. That is a hell of a lineup. It really is. It absolutely is. And, you know, shout out, I, I do want to say, because I, I, this comes up every now and then when people are like, well, why, you know, it, it, why are, are people not featured in episodes as much um, across all of the shows? And I have to say that The Walking Dead has always been really good about allowing people, at least I think they have, I mean, that's my perception, they allow people to do other projects, which keeps things fresh because there's nothing like being stuck on a show for too long. So the fact that these actors have time to do this is really cool. Like they don't have to leave the show. Like we don't have to say like, oh, Kari Payton's going to be on Invincible. Obviously, you know what's going to happen next. Like, <laughs> that doesn't mean that Ezekiel's going to die. It just means that Kari Payton's going to be on Invincible. There's, you don't have to read into it too far. And we got to take a second to talk about that get because, well, a lot of those other people ha are amazing actors and everything. Uh, Kari Payton's been doing voice acting for many years. Oh, he yeah. basically has mastered that craft. Oh, yeah. So I I'm excited to see him. I did look and it is Zachary Quinto. Oh, good. Okay. Um, another addition that I really love is J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love J.K. Simmons, though? He's fantastic. <laughs> I was watching a show on my nephew's like, who's that guy? I've seen him in a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's very good. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, Invincible, it's, uh, Robert Kirkman did say that it's going to go a little bit faster than the comic book. It's not going to be like an issue, a show 
which we, I don't think anybody really expected from the beginning because they're going to tell the story at a pace that fits the television series, mm-hmm. not try to adhere to fitting one story for each book. Right. But yeah, if you aren't really familiar with Invincible, it's going to be fun for you to check out. They also talked about uh, the Super Dinosaur com- cartoon, which I, again is something I haven't had a chance to check out because the last time I checked, it was only available in Canada. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I will want to check that out. Yeah, for sure. And, but yeah, you know, this, this had opened up such a big door for Robert Kirkman that uh, between Amazon and The Walking Dead stuff, The Walking Dead's having three shows and movies, and now all his projects going on at Amazon. He's got these comics in the work at Image, and he's branching out and really just creating this empire out of Skybound. It's so impressive what oh, Skybound yeah. has become. And who knows, maybe they'll even dip their toe back into gaming. You never know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, you know, I, it's, it's really funny. I just had a really interesting thought. Work on Invincible is, you know, anything animated is easier to do remotely. Right. right. So you've got the, the animators. For the voice actors the voice and the drawing, actors. yeah. Exactly. What if they're doing a, pulling a fast one on us with The Walking Dead, those, those extra episodes? What if those are going to have that look of the opening credits? What if they do some kind of hybrid, like, voice <laughs> episode? I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to put it into the world that they didn't say they weren't doing that. But that would be a, a really clever way to get around the restrictions. Well, because it, they would just do voices. If Eugene and the group don't make it to their location, you could easily have an episode with just uh, Eugene talking with them on the, on the radio and you know, going back and forth with Stephanie and whatever. Uh, it could easily be an episode that could just have three, maybe four actors in it as a whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm now I'm like, you wouldn't have to limit how many actors or how many walkers or how many, like you could do anything you wanted if you had that kind of comic book look, but it was animated and it had all of the voice act- the actors doing their voices. I'm just saying it, it probably won't be the case, but they didn't say it wasn't going to be the case either. See, I thought you were going to talk about a possible uh, Walking Dead cartoon. And I was going to oh, say, no. they teased that on April Fool's Day with uh, Walking Dead Kids. Do you remember that for April yeah, Fool's oh, yeah, Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was amazing. <laughs> I, I want to read that. I want that to be real. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I think that uh, that might be pushing the boundaries of, of this universe that we're in. <laughs> Entirely appropriate. But uh but yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely could be, I, I don't know, maybe I'm having, I'm having thoughts here, Adam. Like I'm, it might be completely out off base, but if they can't film, they can make cartoons. Now, outside of that, uh, those panels, the three featuring the shows of the walking dead and the one Robert Kirkman, we did get a little bit of extra walking dead fun with a family get together, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, almost two hours of cast coming together. That was really fun. One of the things I thought was really great about that is they didn't divide the cast members up based mm-hmm. on the show that they were on. That would have been very easy to do. It, they could have had some conversations about the show they were focused on, but instead you got to see kind of Fear the Walking Dead people 
react to the Walking Dead stuff mm-hmm. and uh, the world beyond people kind of looking at what's going on with the people on Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead. And it created some interesting conversations and some fun dynamics that makes you kind of wish that some of these actors might get together in the future. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, one thing, it, I think this is a really interesting this is really interesting because the question that everybody always gets when they come on the show is, you know, were you a fan of the show before? Right. And, you know, did you watch all of the episodes to get ready for the, for your role? It's surprising how many people say no, because they wanted to approach their character or their role. Like, unless they were a fan of the show before, like Zoe Kalti, I think was really fun. Um, in that hangout when they asked her and, and, you know, her brother was on a uh, preacher yeah. And, uh, you know, so she kind of already was familiar with this universe. And so she was, you know, she had obviously seen the episodes, but you'd be surprised how many people haven't watched The Walking Dead who were on the spinoffs. And so it's kind of neat because where else would you have all of these people coming together? Like there really isn't an opportunity to do that in the same place ever. Like, cause they're usually the way they're shooting. I mean, uh, Fear shoots starts shooting in December. Uh, World Beyond was shooting in the fall. Um, Walking Dead is kind of a hybrid, you know, between the two. Um, you know, so they're they're usually so busy, like they can't get together. So this, as much as it is, it sucks that you can't have people coming together live in the convention. Like this, this is a really interesting way of of getting people to come together um, who can't be together otherwise. So, right. So yeah, I, I mean. I would love to see it again. I hope that, you know, October is two months away. Let's have another <laughs> hangout. Let's, let's hang out. August. Speaking of October, we've got uh, two issues of the Walking Dead Deluxe coming out in October. Right. We have the season 10 finale or episode 16 of season 10, however you want to look at it, of the Walking Dead coming. Uh, we've got the series premiere mm-hmm. of World Beyond, and we've got the return uh, Fear the Walking Dead. October is going to be massive, guys. It is. It is absolutely, and and I, I can't even. And then you have Talking Dead too, because you'll have Talking Dead it's afterwards, true. and it sounds like they're going to be doing. They're going to be bringing us Talking Dead. So, I mean, Sunday nights. That's going to be three solid hours. Like you're going to have to take a nap, absolutely. and then wake up because it's the fun's going to go all the way till midnight. And we don't even know yet. Nobody's talked about like Ride with Norman Reedus. I know they had to stop filming like everybody else but there's got to be some episodes in there right. um you know maybe some friday night in with the morgans um bottomless brunch like who knows how that's going to continue on if, if during the right. season but i mean we have like we are really fortunate as a fan base to have so much content like the ability to have so much i'll be a little honest least. i'm a little concerned that it's all kind of getting jammed together there i'd prefer it yeah. be stretched out a bit but Maybe there's a reason they're doing it this way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because Fear the Walking Dead is going to be the lead-in for World Beyond, right? Uh, no, what, 1016 will be the lead-in for World Beyond. No, I mean after oh, well, the... Oh, afterwards, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll be first and then World Beyond. See, that, that also kind of baffles me a little bit because I, f- I always figured that World Beyond would be uh, in that 9 o'clock p.m. time slot here in Eastern Time Zone. Uh, because it kind of adheres to a, a little bit of a younger audience. And uh, having it in that later slot fo- following Fear the Walking Dead, it feels like a little bit of a mistake. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I totally see where you're, you're coming from. Cause it, it is, I think there's a risk there, but then when you think about the fact, I mean, and this is a very real concern, nothing else is filming right now. So if not for the fact that these episodes were already done, like AMC doesn't really have any other shows. Right. So, you know, normally we'd be getting, um, whatever it is that we get upset about that gets put in between Walking Dead and Talking Dead. <laughs> well, Into the Badlands is done. Uh, we got Nosferatu that showed up every once in a while. We yeah. got the show with the weird ghost, foggy boat. I think I watched like 20 minutes of that one. Yeah, but <laughs> none of that's going to be available. You know, like they're, they're not, and they're not, certainly not going to have new content because nothing's been filming because pilot season was canceled, essentially. So, right. I mean, so I, I get, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to win Sunday nights. They're trying to, to have original content that nobody else is doing. And, and so I, I see that because like from, I'm always big on numbers because everybody, you know, like everything's about numbers. So if you can win Sunday nights and be up there in the ratings with new content and, you know, you have to figure more people are staying home right now, even in the fall, I don't think there's going to be much change with how many people are staying in over going out. So the live views are going to be up more. And uh, I just worry that if some, for some reason school does go back in session <laughs> for people that that later time slot might be a little bit of a deterrent to the 14, 15 year olds that shouldn't be watching zombie shows on AMC that do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's definitely that risk and I don't even know what I would put as a target, a target age for world beyond, but I mean, certainly the newer fans that are coming into it. And, and I know that Nicholas Cantu has a massive following. Oh yes. So, um, so, you know, the, and those are younger, younger fans. So, you know, they're going to be watching too, but I, I, I somehow, I don't think that that's going to be a problem for them. I think they're going to figure it out because they seem like they would. <laughs> well, that's the just what, everything early. I want to discuss today. Do you have anything else you want to touch on? No, I think that's, I think that's it for me. I think that, um, I think that, we will uh, end it here and then we're going to have all sorts of stuff to talk about next week. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. I mean, there's there, this past weekend gave us tons of stuff. So we need two months to talk about it. So, well, next week we'll need about an hour to talk about all the Emmy nominations. The walking dead got. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm used to it by now. I know. Once a bridesmaid or never, what it always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they ever even got to be bridesmaids. Nope, nope, nope. Well, viewer choice. That's kind of like a bridesmaid, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, cool. Well, we will uh, we will sign off for now. And um, you know, as always, you know, you heard us addressing uh, one of our Twitter questions. So if you have questions or things that you want us to talk about on the podcast, you know, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're at Undead Walking FS and uh, on Twitter and leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts uh, leave us reviews put questions in there we'll, we'll grab them and answer them for you and we appreciate you guys listening so Adam thank you for joining me again it's always fun my Adam. pleasure I'm happy to be here awesome awesome and uh, yeah everybody thank you so much and as always, you know, thank you for being here. Uh, stay safe, wash your hands, and watch out for those walkers. 
Hudson family has four kids and two options for a new home. Number one checks a lot of boxes. It's big, close to work. Private tennis court. Number two was kind of cramped, and that old barn was clearly haunted. But it has one gig internet with AT&T fiber, so plenty of bandwidth and unlimited data for us to stream 4K movies while Billy games. Tina video chats, and Andrew and Maddie can do homework. HBO Max. Good point, Ghost. AT&T Fiber comes with HBO Max included. Looks like the Hudsons are bypassing the commuter's paradise to go with one gig internet with AT&T Fiber. And a fun new guest. Get super fast entertainment grade internet with AT&T Fiber. Now with the limited data included. Find out how to get one gig internet for $49.99 a month for a year. Limited availability in select areas. Call 1-877-ONLY-ATT. Download max typically 940 megabits per second. Speeds not guaranteed. Vary. $10 per month equipment fee applies. Compatible device and online account registration required for HBO Max access. New residential AT&T Fiber customers only. Other charges and restrictions apply. Visit att.com slash att fiber for details. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.